This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors, and our goal is to provide our listeners the real facts and the real stats about the local market. You wouldn't go into a game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate's no different. We'll provide you with the information that will help you make those a well-prepared game plan so you'll be a winner in the real estate market. And the best I can tell you is, as far as a game plan goes, today, March... 28th (laughs) okay Um, it's like they're throwing a different defense out there and we have to be innovative we have to figure out something so to help me with today's game plan is Bo Miracle of Miracle Realty good morning hey good morning thank you for having me Don yeah (laughs) when you signed up for this you probably thought oh we'll be talking about whatever you didn't think you'd have to be an expert on the coronavirus, right? No, not at all. I actually had to do some research on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we all do. And I want our listeners to know something. That, as many of you know, I've been in the business many, many years. Uh, like one of our guests said one time, didn't you sell a blink in a home? Oh, well, it wasn't quite that long ago, but I will tell you this. It, this is a quickly changing thing. So what we talked about even last Saturday on the show, where we brainstormed ideas, not all of that is correct anymore. So have patience and grace in this whole thing as you deal with your realtor, because it's a quickly changing thing and therefore confusing. So... Bo, I got to ask you, how confused have you been? <laughs> More than me or less than me? <laughs> well, I think that I'm equally uh, equally confused with the whole scenario, um, kind of like what we spoke about before the show started, just trying to evolve with the times, um, you know, trying to adapt and overcome with the situation um, as, as well as maintaining safety. Um, you know, it is a, a, a unique time for America and the, and the world, actually, so... Um, you know, it's obviously a serious situation, but, you know, at, at the same time, you've got you've to do what you have to do. People still need homes. People still need food. So you've just got to really evolve with the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. In fact, in the second segment, we're going to be talking with someone from a totally different industry that the realtors got involved with. And in one week, we came up with an innovative, new, fresh idea and he says it changed theirs, their um, business around, um, and, and that's the blood center. Ah, here, no more surprise. Now you know what's coming up in the second segment. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, um, I understand you're a Marine. Yes, yes. I, I served uh, from 99 to 2003. Um, I was stationed in Yuma, Arizona. And um, I actually was uh, on a deployed unit to Iraq in 2000. Well, we went to Kuwait in 2002. And then uh, eventually we served in Iraq in 2003. That was a hot spot back then. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it was after the 9-11 event. Yes, yes. It was uh, the 2003. We were the the first push 
um, actually one of the second or third units to infiltrate into Iraq once the warning order was given by the president. Um, so yeah, another unique time at that, at that individual time. So I've heard a lot of people comparing what's happening today to 9-11 because it was all of a sudden our markets and, and our lives were turned upside down. What did you see back then that is comparable to today? Oh, I mean, uh, just, you know, as, as I've, I've grown in, in, in this industry that I've, I've done for the last 10 years, um, very comparable as far as an event-based um, situation. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of people are comparing it to 2008, but <clears throat> that was a financial-based event. This is more of an event, meaning like 9-11, you know, there was a terrorist attack on the United States, and, and it affected many. I mean, even though it was uh, essentially segregated into one state, it affected the United States as a whole, made us feel vulnerable. Um, people kind of retracted a little bit and, and were unsure what to do at that time. But like any event-based tornadoes, or, you know, typhoon, earthquake, um, things, things come back. And, that, and that's what I'm seeing that we're definitely going to have to do. And we've learned a lot since those event-based uh, uh, things that have happened. I really like what you're saying, <clears throat> event-based, because that's what this is. It, um, if you could imagine being in the Gulf states during her, uh, after Hurricane Katrina, I'll bet you the real estate market really took a hit for a while. But it's flourishing well, up until last week. <laughs> well, no, for sure. And I mean, and I think that's the biggest thing, Don, is that, you know, people evolve, right? Uh, as, as fearful as we can be and, 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 and try to be as prepared as possible, you can't really prepare for the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. um, other than just trudging through the, the, the days and, go, and going by, but everything comes back, right? I mean, uh, the military was sent in at that particular time that you were talking about in Florida, <clears throat> and people evolve you know, and, and they adapt to the situation at hand. So, And I remember after 9-11, I was heavily involved in the real estate market, and it was scary for a month or two months. Um, and I think a lot of people took the time to mourn and grieve, as they should have. Um, so kudos to society. But there was a pent-up demand afterwards. No, for sure. And I mean, uh, I, I did my research on this because obviously I was serving in the military at the time. So um, the effect was different for me. Um, you know, we were more uh, getting the warning order to have to go to Afghanistan at that time, where some people were trying to decide what they were going to do about maybe lost family members or whatnot, or, or maybe their jobs. But with, with that time, uh, what it shows is that, you know, the impact in September uh, obviously caused a slow in the marketplace. But uh, by March of the following year, which would have been of 2002, uh, it came back strong, right? Because it was, again, a, an event-based, what they would call an event-based recession. And a home is not something that people just may or may not want or need. A home, whether you're owning it or renting it, is something that you need. No, it, it's, it's, like, it's, it's the big word of the day, right? It's essential. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. It's an essential thing that we need. No matter what, at the end of the day, everybody needs a home. Everybody needs a roof over their head, whether it be, uh, like you said, a rental um, or uh, the home that you've purchased. Mm -hmm. And that is, <laughs> excuse me, you're right. That is a key word right now, essential. We're hearing that a lot, be, you know, is real estate an essential business? 
Obviously, the state orders do not shut down uh, emergency uh, or ambulances. They don't shut down that industry. But is real estate essential? And I heard the other day somebody said, you know, we used to, realtors always used to brag about how we're, we wear many hats. We're their marketing agent. We're the psychologist, the counselor. We read contracts. We're negotiators. We got all these different things that we do and wear many hats. So some of those, I'll agree, are not essential. Do we really have to have an open house this weekend? I mean, you see that as being essential? No, not at all. I mean, and, and you know, for me, like any, any um, tough times, there's always trials and tribulations, right? Mm-hmm. Military, uh, uh, an event-based situation as what we're dealing with now. Um, but the, the, the key component is, is the best of the best comes out in people if you truly allow it to, right? And so you're really having to exercise uh, uh, tools that we've maybe have had that we didn't have to because we were so comfortable in in our business at that moment. But uh, as things have changed rapidly, we've been kind of force-fed to have to kind of um, change the way that we do things. But the thing is, is they've always been there. It's just a matter of having to utilize those things. And and so for me, being innovative or a little bit more creative, you can still do an open house you just maybe not be able to do it in person, right? So now, now there's the virtual tours, or I even uh, watched you as you're famous on your little skit the other day on, on the news. Uh, you know, they're talking about the robots and, and things of that nature. I mean, there's tools out there. Mm-hmm. We, we just have to utilize them and, and know how to utilize them to maximize that exposure for our clients. Great, and um, you know, it, and it's really an adjustment. Um, I'll give you a great example that I have to reprogram my mind. <laughs> so let's say I'm going to uh, get get some paperwork signed. Well, I really want to explain it, make sure they understand it. And, you know, hey, they live here in town. So I'll, I'll ask them, can I come over and, and show you this and explain it, have you sign it? Well, now I have to readjust and do it digitally, explain it on the phone, while my poor lonely car sits in the garage, <laughs> it it's killing my car more than me. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. And I mean, just like you said, I mean, uh, having to maybe explain it over the phone. Well, that that kind of allows us to sharpen our tools a little bit more because the interaction of maybe not being able to see them face to face or to to provide that that body language to to comfort them in a situation to where they might be confused. You know, you might have to really. Uh, turn on your your listening skills a little bit more so now because you have to hear that pause to maybe that they don't they don't understand exactly what you're saying whereas normally you could see it visually you know you could see the reaction like oh do you have a question no you're if they're pausing you have to understand maybe maybe they're confused about something that you said or or again it goes back to that 80 20 rule that as as salespeople uh, we don't always refer to ourselves as salespeople, but we are, and there's an 80-20 rule, and it's 80% of the time we're listening, right? Mm-hmm. And 20% we're talking. And, and, and it's very imperative that we, we kind of reconfigure maybe that, that stagnant or comfortable aspect of what we were doing in our business before. I love that, what you just said, that now we have to sharpen our listening skills. And I, for one, have been one that always relied on nonverbal communication. You know, when you see them, when you're in person, you see them face to face and you're explaining something to them and you see their head turn. All right, well, that's just that head turning means 
I don't really understand everything you're saying. We can't do that on the phone. I know, you, well, we can do FaceTime, Zoom. Zoom's the new mm-hmm. buzzword. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, I actually put on a board of directors meeting on Zoom. I kind of liked it. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's a cool tool. Yeah. It, it, uh, so uh, I, I was real happy with that. But we will have to sharpen our skills and our, our tools. And with that, we are going to go to our first commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here with us today, helping us out with lots of good information and, in his case, lots of good insight. That was a compliment, Bo. Oh, thank Bo you. Bo Miracle, Miracle Realty. Um, so, and later on in the show, we're going to have to talk about how the real estate industry has to be uh, innovative to get through this and how... We got to, as you said, sharpen our our tools, sharpen our skills. I want to give a good analogy, and we have another guest on the line, about being innovative and what can happen when when this occurs. Now, we think we had issues in the real estate industry. How about if you work for the blood center and there's a dire need for blood and people quit coming in to, to give it because of fear or whatever reason. So on the line, we have Ralph Ramirez of the Central California Blood Center. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Sure. Hey, really appreciate it. And can you give us the events of the last week and a half? I, I think it was a week and a half ago that the Fresno Association of Realtors met with you and in record time, we put something together. Tell yeah, us about so, that. Yeah, so about about a week and a half ago, uh, when we met, uh, our blood supply uh, took an enormous hit um, for obvious reasons. You know, for due to the coronavirus, um, it's a day-to-day struggle, virus or no virus, uh, trying to maintain a inventory of blood supply. Um, you know, to provide to all our five counties that we serve and all the local hospitals. Um, so that alone um, is a struggle, you know, in that industry, a lot of peaks and valleys, but even more so now, you know, with the COVID-19 um, really t- took a big hit for us. So um, there is um, somewhat of a fear on a normal day for people to come and donate because they think needles, blood, and they put this tragedy in their mind that that doesn't sound good and I'm scared. and. That's normal because, you know, let's be honest, the majority of people, you know, don't jump up and down, you know, when it comes to needles. So um, having said that, um, um, it obviously is a more so of a fear now, you know, because of the virus. So uh, we were not seeing um, donors in our donor centers. Uh, nobody wanted to come out, especially getting the message of the lockdown and to stay indoors. Um, our blood mobile drives were being canceled like every other minute. It seemed like we were getting phone calls or emails um, of businesses saying, you know, we are not interested right now. And then also further down because of the shutting down of their uh, the business itself. So 
we as the Central California Blood Center had to obviously be as strategic as possible, probably more than ever, uh, to find ways of how are we going to replace, you know, these blood drives or getting donors, you know, through the door that maybe have called and even canceled their appointments in our center. Um, Being that uh, we have an amazing community, um, you know, they did uh, step up in the time of need. after uh, it was on the news through president, when our president addressed, I believe it was about a week ago, encouraging um, everyone to um, to go out and donate to their local blood centers or Red Crosses, you know, where whatever they have in their city, um, encourage them to donate, and not only just to go donate, but to ensure them uh, that it is safe, 100% safe to donate. Um, our blood centers and our blood mobiles are. Uh, probably the most sanitary place you can be anyway, virus or no virus. We, uh, as part of our procedure, it's our protocols to make sure we are wiping down, um, you know, our donor chairs and equipment. Um, that is our normal uh, procedure anyway. So uh, there was a lot of concern of how safe are we being in terms of, you know, hand sanitizing and, and, and disinfecting. Um, so, but being that our, uh, again, our community, uh, I can't thank them enough. I was, in awe to see uh, how many people uh, stepped up in the time of need and rolled up their sleeve and saying, you know, not only is it safe to donate, we're going to give back, but we still need to help the blood center continue on their mission to save lives. Yeah. And we had a blood drive just yesterday and give us a take. How did it go? Wow. First of all, I want to thank Fresno Acura um, for allowing us to use their showroom um, as a uh, site for the blood drive itself. Um, I, they really came through and stepped up. And also all our local realtors, you know, whether it's, it's FAR, whether it's YPN, um, any realtor or organization that came together and showed up yesterday to donate. So I want to thank them all from the bottom of my heart. Um, in terms of results, it was a great turnout. Uh, we saw about 75 donors yesterday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Um, people came out and showed their support. Um, they were um, not, only, uh, uh, not only did they feel safe, uh, they were uh, so happy that they were able to help us and save lives. Uh, we had a lot of uh, networking going on at the same time, obviously still practicing the social distancing. Um, there was just a lot of video taking and a lot of uh, captured moments, if you will, to say, you know what, we are stepping up and rolling up our sleeve in the time of need. Well, I want you to know, if we had 75, by Monday we're going to have 76 and 77, because I'm talking to Bo Miracle here <laughs> and Bobby Thistle, and by the time this show's over, I'll have them in there, I promise. I, I, I don't doubt you, uh, not one bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was out there, too, yesterday, and... <clears throat> It was a, and I've given blood a lot, um, mm-hmm. I and that was a totally different looking setup. Everything was spaced out. Uh, you had to mm-hmm. sign up online, so there were no more than seven uh, mm. appointments at a time, and right. it was so it was very safe, and uh, and I'm going to say innovative, because um, normally when I give blood, it's in a bus. Right. And, and, of course, I think of somebody, you could reach out and touch somebody. Well, you can't really reach out because your arm's tied down. <laughs> but, but, but um, 
you know, so it, it was a totally look different looking thing. And um, I my hats off to everybody for coming up with something new and innovative. I'd like to ask a sure. question to Ralph if I could. Yeah, Ra- sure. R- Ralph, uh, w- what do you think that maybe the strategic plan that you guys had to put in place that maybe maybe modified or or changed what you guys normally do in a practice of, of the blood drive? Um, you know, the modifications of, <clears throat> of ins- you know, just ensuring the social distancing alone, we um, had to be strategic in making sure that we um, had to um, double our staff in our donor centers. You know, mm-hmm. being that those drives, uh, mobile drives were canceled, uh, we were able to uh, double staff most of our centers to uh, make sure that we are ready for that Traffic, uh, heavy traffic flow. Um, we also made sure that we were taking people's temperatures before they even entered our facility. So there was a, a, a stop sign, if you will, um, um, so that we could check people's temperatures before they're even allowed to go in our center, asking them if they've traveled um, in the last 28 days um, or been in contact or know of someone who um, has had the virus. So we were taking those precautions up front before anyone could enter our uh either Bloodmobile or Donor Center, just to register uh, to donate. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, I'd like to go back to something that realtors have been doing for over 100 years, and it's called the spirit of cooperation. It's where two competing realtors come together in one transaction to get the job done, to make, make their clients happy. That was actually an underlying thing, and this is how we're going to get through this pandemic with that spirit of cooperation. So thanks to Fresno Acura, thanks to the Blood Center, thanks to all the realtors out there in the Fresno Association of Realtors. It was a, we couldn't have done it without the other, the other parties involved. So as we're faced with challenges in the next, hopefully just short period of time, um, let's remember that spirit. Spirit's an intangible thing. It's something that's in your heart, in, inside of you. But um, look to that. Uh, I heard somebody say that you, you need to share. Uh, and could you imagine over 100 years ago when the realtor organization started and the cooperative nature of, of things and somebody saying, well, why should I share my listing? This is back in the early 1900s. Well, they ended up doing it, and and now you have a 1.2 million member organization that shares their listings, shares the, the workload, puts things together in a spirit of cooperation, and we get the results done. No, I, I think so, that's the best part. I mean, for, for me, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I mean, this type, this type of situation, event uh, type situation, uh, really brings out the best in people. I mean, it obviously can bring out some of the fear as well, but people come together, and that's the most important to me. Ralph, I, I have a final question for you. Um, mm-hmm. I hear that it's 100% safe, and but people have fear. So how do we, how do, we, what can you say to make people know that they don't need to have this fear, fear of the needle, fear fear of contracting something. By the way, Bo just squirmed. <laughs> I, I think we found somebody who has a fear of the needle. <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly normal. <laughs> it may be a little harder than I thought to get them in there on Monday. 
We'll see. <laughs> He's working hard on me. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So the the question is, what assurances can you give us that we don't need to have fear? We know that it's 100% safe. Right, yeah. So uh, it is 100% safe. Um, the virus cannot be you know, contracted through blood donations or even blood transfusions in the hospital. It is a respiratory virus. So that alone, uh, hopefully that changes the mindset of someone that is curious or maybe, you know, second guessing if they want to donate or not. Um, also, the social distancing, you know, um, I mentioned that earlier uh, in, this, in the show. Um, you know, we are t- uh, taking those measures, making sure that our donor chairs are spread apart. We're only allowing... Um, so many donors in at a time, obviously under 10. Um, we are taking their temperatures and making sure they are in general good health before even starting the process. So, and again, our facilities and blood mobiles are um, sanitized. Um, that is our normal procedure per donor. We wipe everything down, virus or no virus. So um, hopefully that, you know, has some peace of mind to those who are concerned and maybe have that fear to maybe saying, okay, you know what, I think I um, am ready to do this because of what I've heard. Thank you. And as we go to our commercial break, I want to let all our listeners know that share your blood in that spirit of cooperation, and that's how we're going to get through tough times. So thank you, Ralph. And uh, Thank you for having me. You betcha. And thank you for all you did and do. Yes, you as well. Thank you. All right. Uh, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. To grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye. Man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Bo Miracle here from Miracle Realty. And um, we're practicing our social distancing. You're clear across the table here. Um, and, of course, Bobby's locked up in the cage <laughs> with a glass glass wall. So we're all safe here. I had to keep telling my wife that. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. Um Bo, you brought up some really, really good points uh, earlier that uh, we need to sharpen our tools, our skills as realtors, and we have to figure out new ways to help accommodate clients because there are people that need to find a home. Um, Maybe before this all started, they had sold another home or they took a job transfer. they're now working here, and they they got to get out of the hotel and and get into a home. So there's still a need. What can we do as realtors? Let's brainstorm on that. Okay, for sure. Um, definitely a topic that uh, I think that's ongoing and and, and ever evolving at this point. Um, you know, you said the word new. Um, I think that the the tools that that we're utilizing have always been there. Um, realtors have more tools than what we can even utilize, and that's why it's always been, you know, kind of stick to what to what you know, stick to the ones that you're comfortable with. But now 
we're kind of being force fed to kind of think think outside of that box, think outside of that comfort. Um, you know, going as simple as just the 80-20 rule with the listening aspect, really having to, to communicate to our clients more so. Um, you know, you can't just do the normal walkthrough in the house today, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're dependent on virtual tours and, and whatnot, I mean, you really got to maybe go over those things because, uh, you know, pictures and, and videos don't always do the home justice, right? So they're, they're going to be dependent on us explaining what, what we know about the property and, and really providing that information that maybe, you know, when you call that listing agent or, or whatever the case might be, you might say, hey, is there anything I need to know about the home? But now it's more of a conversation piece, right? And, and then again, implementing those tools that, you know, we got comfortable as agents, which a lot of the consumers may not know that we use a DocuSign or an e-sign. Um, well, now maybe it's a Zoom call like we were talking about earlier, and you're explaining the documentation that they are signing over the internet, you know, and, and really just being thorough. And, and again, I think that it just brings the best, uh, the best in us. And here's something too, um, <clears throat> time. We, we, now that we're all stuck in our homes, um, we, uh, we, we, have, we have more time and, and maybe <laughs> we have the ability now to, as we're talking on the phone with our clients, to have more of a conversation rather than rushing through it because you gotta get off to your next appointment. Um, so maybe if we slow it down, we can be more thorough. So I, I like the, the words you're, you're coming up with. Yeah, we gotta be more thorough. And, and maybe even as we look at a picture, um, I'll, I'll even admit I've gotten in the habit because you know I've got this skill where I've gone through so many homes in my life that I can click, 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 and just buzz through, a, a just buzz right through a, a set of 30 photos in a house and get a pretty good picture of it. I may need to slow that down and look and see, all right, is the baseboard all installed properly? It, you know, look for issues like that that's in a still photo. No, for sure. And I mean, and again, it goes back to that conversation piece, Don. I mean, uh, maybe when, when well, at least I have, when speaking to a listing agent or a buying agent, really explaining and giving them a, a real good feel for the house because now it's not just dependent on visual we have to understand like hey those pictures kind of showed maybe the the rooms were a little bit smaller you know what it was a 10 by 10 or, or whatever the case is and there was some imperfections here and and it might need some tlc and just really explaining it and coming together as as the realtors that we are for for our clients is really what the ultimate goal is here i think mm-hmm. you know and there are things we can see if we take the time to, to really look. For example, we're looking at the, uh, a picture of a room, and if you can see that the ceiling fan is partially or slanted or coming apart from the ceiling at one side, there's a red flag. There's something that could be up with that. Um, if you see discolorization um, on the flooring near the toilet, okay, that, that's another thing that that we should uh, note and discuss with our clients. So this is a time for us to sharpen our, our eyes, our, our ears, and, and all, and actually become better humans. 
No, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like you said, uh, living the, the fast pace that we, we're all so used to, uh, go, 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 is, is now we're being confined to our homes essentially, right? So it, it really uh, not only uh, slows us down in life, but it makes us to really have to get comfortable where we're at, right? Uh, to, to be in a confined area, whether you have a 1,500-square-foot home or a 2,500-square-foot home, I mean, to just be essentially was the word quarantined in your own home today, uh, you really have to, again, um, find that strength within yourself, right? And then and then just slow it down. And then that, that really promotes quality if you allow to, to embrace the confinement, I guess you can say, right? Because before, mm-hmm. like you said, click, 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 run, 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 next, next appointment. Now, um, you know, it's quality over volume to me, you know? I mean, really just bringing out the best. And I think something that, will still separate realtors from the online portals. And that is, if we take, if we slow down, we take the time to consult with our client and we're looking at the same picture they are um, through technology. And we point out that, hey, do you notice that ceiling fan is, um, is hanging on, on one side? They've got to appreciate that. And they've got to say, okay, I've got, somebody's got my back. No, for sure. And I mean, I believe that the the clients and the consumer are really going to be much more appreciative of the fact that, you know, because uh, before 1,200 and 1,500 square foot, when maybe a client said that that's what they need or 2,000 square foot, I mean, really giving them an understanding of, okay, do you understand that maybe this is just one living room? It's not an open floor plan. This really makes a difference and kind of walking them through it through the conversation as opposed to walking through in a, in a natural environment, right? It really changes the game and the scope of, of what you're doing. And, and I think that, you know, people, it's no, it's no, uh, no hidden secret that people are codependent on going onto the internet and going to Zillow to get their information. But Zillow is not going to walk through the scenario with you, like you said, like whether it's through a Zoom call or just a normal conversation and really saying, hey, what are you really looking for in a home? Because now that's very, very imperative to the situation now. Because before you could walk through, smell, touch, feel, and smell it. Now you got to really just use your senses, as you were saying. You know, like visual, uh, visual communication together. So, it, can you foresee this? Can you see somebody making a buyer making a home, uh, making an offer on a home that they've only seen virtually? Absolutely. One hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I think I seen it the other day that, uh, you know, you were a celebrity uh, guest star on, on the news. But uh, <laughs> uh, talking with uh, uh, Eric, who uh, invented some type of robot, I mean, it, you, you don't come up with tools like that or innovations like that if you weren't, weren't really trying to bring somebody that maybe couldn't see a house. Um, I bought houses in, in Toledo, Ohio, sight unseen. And, and you know, it and you really become trustworthy of your agent at that point to really kind of give you a, a, an idea of what the property's like, uh, whether it be for an investment standpoint or a traditional purchase. And, you know, a thing that realtors can give their clients is affirmation. So as realtors, we've been in virtually every neighborhood, every area uh, in, in our communities. So when somebody says, Hey, is that close to shopping? Well, uh, we, we can give them that information. Uh, is that a good area for us? We, we can give them that information. Um, 
or is it a safe area? So affirmation is something that the realtors can do that uh, just a portal can't. No, and I mean, I think it kind of goes just back to uh, sharpening our tools, right? Really uh, defining what we do as realtors now. I mean, it's really going to come out uh, uh, in the exposure uh, of what we do because uh, before you could drive in an area and see it yourself. But now now having to really depend on, does your agent really know the area? Do they know the school districts? Do they know uh, what to look for? And do they know, did they preview those homes prior to? So, I mean, just having that experience as, as agents that have been doing this for quite some time or even new agents that have been, you know, real motivated about trying to, you know, learn the marketplace. I mean, this is this is the time to shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do want to say this, you know, when I was mentioning good area, safe area, those are questions that almost every buyer asks. So hopefully nobody looks at me and says, hey, that's not a fair question. It's the answer that has to be fair. The questions come from clients, Mm -hmm. and and, and that's what I was saying there. Um, All right, we are about to go to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Eagle will fly, and it's going to be hell. When you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell, and it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down on you. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Bo Miracle of Miracle Realty. And um, Miracle, that's a family business, right? Yes, sir. Um, uh, originated in 1976. And I know you're not that old, so uh, <laughs> who, who was it that started it? So uh, thanks for asking. It's, it's uh, kind of a meaningful topic. But my Uncle John uh, originated it at Miracle Realty in Clovis, Sanger, and Fresno. Um, he was uh, upwards to 55 realtors at that time. And, then and they, that was huge at that time. Oh, for sure. And then uh, then they branched out. Uh, my father partnered up uh, with Miracle Realty as well. And then they expanded into the Madera uh, region. And then they uh, opened up an office there also. And that's where you're based out of? Yes, yes. Okay. But you don't just do sales. You do property management too. Sure do. So I have some questions about property management. So... Um, what happens come April 1st? Rents are due, and some people are going to say, hey, I don't have it. Yeah, no, uh, d- definitely, you know, ever-evolving with the times, like we were sp- we've been speaking the whole show. Um, just being aware that, uh, you know, for one, communication is paramount um, with the tenants, landlords, and ourselves, uh, more so than ever. And uh, really just understanding that, you know, a lot of people's questions are, I don't have to pay rent, do I? Uh, and that's not necessarily the case. The, the, the case is, like you were saying, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's not waived, but it is uh, granted an option to forbear it, uh, is basically the word that we were using uh, on the break. So describe forbear. What, what does that mean? Forbear, forgive. Yes. What's the difference? So forgiving uh, in, in some aspect, I guess, would be like completely waiving it. So, uh, for example, April 1st, we would just say that rent's not due, right? Uh, this is the time of tough, and uh, it's, a, it's an event-based crisis, and uh, we're just not going to collect rent. But that's not exactly what happens. Uh, basically, uh, in short, what happens is, is that uh, we're going to extend the time frame, 
um, the, the tenant that may uh, be in a position that they can't provide the rent um, is going to have to pro provide adequate uh, information that shows that maybe they, they did uh, have to go on a, uh, an absence of leave or, or whatnot because of the, the due situation at hand. And then so moving forward, uh, we would extend the time frame, basically. So 60, 90 days, uh, we would work with the tenants as well as the landlords to figure out a solution as to when they could pay. Mm. But again, again, pay. Yeah. So you say to work with, but I think the real word is communicate. Yes. There has to be communication. No, for uh, I mean, that's 100% with everything that we do. So what do you do when... The first comes along, the fifth comes along, and they haven't called you, they haven't communicated with you. What happens? Well, I, I think that for well, for myself, and, and I mean, it's it's never a, a perfect stone, but uh, is communication and being proactive ahead of time. So really sending out a letter to not just the landlords, but the tenants also, letting them know that it, this is a time that it's not waived, Rent is still due as 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 always, um, but if there is a situation that occurs that that is was unforeseen and they may not be working at this time, that they need to communicate it to us prior to, so that we we can establish a, a an appropriate plan together, that maybe that it, it allows us to work with them as opposed to just going ghost in the dark and not letting us know what's going on. Then at that point we we have no other options other than to kind of pursue normal situations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people have been, this is a bad term, but they, they've been impacted by this thing in a good way where they're working overtime in certain industries, mm -hmm. um, truckers, grocery store people, uh, medical. So they probably wouldn't have the income loss that if, if you worked in a restaurant or you were a realtor. No, exactly. And, and I mean, again, that's, that's uh, for one, it, it goes back to for my property manager and, and her assistant. They're really good at, at knowing who our tenants are. So, I mean, uh, you, being proactive and always being in communications with, with the tenants uh, has been one of our strong points, as, as we were talking about earlier, is just providing that service to our clients, you know, and they are our clients. And so typically we should already be ahead of the curve uh, with knowing what, hey, they may be in a position to where they not they might not be able to pay their rent. We have a lot of people that work in the school district. Uh, you know, they're not necessarily laid off, uh, but they are having time off, mm -hmm. but they're still working, right? So again, it's, it's knowing who, who, who our tenants are and then reaching out to them and, and asking them, hey, what is your current position and situation so we know ahead of time so we can communicate it to our landlord so maybe we can do a working favor for each other. So what's the opening line? I'm, I'm asking for uh, personal help here. <laughs> what's the, the opening line? Do you call and say, hey, have you been impacted by this whole thing? Well, I think that it starts with first uh, sending out a letter. Uh, which we did immediately uh, as soon as we heard upon uh, the situation. And, and we really didn't know what the guidelines were. There was no, there's still working guidelines as, as every day evolves, right? Like mm -hmm. it's ever changing. So just really being on top of it and, and being proactive. So first was the letter and then secondary would be a follow-up phone call to some of the tenants that we know that may be in a situation to where they, they need to be communicating first. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so just so everybody understands the difference between forgive and forbear. Forgive means uh, it's kind of wiped off the slate. You don't owe it. Forbear means you still owe it. It's just being deferred. 
Exactly. Till a later time. Just like the mortgages. I mean, it's it's one of those things that, you know, again, uh, it's not waived. It's just, again, it's it's put off or deferred. I like that word. Uh, deferred until a later time, right? Because mm-hmm. there, there's going to be possibilities for people that are being laid off now to collect unemployment and things of that nature. So, again, uh, it's that communication, right? Letting us know what's going on so we know a timeline that we can work with you. And I'm going to point this out. This is one of the times where there's an advantage to being a homeowner rather than a renter because as a homeowner, the mortgage company can forbear and say, look, we're going to take those two payments that you couldn't make and we're going to put it at the end of the 30-year mortgage. So, boy, you're really kicking the can down the road a long ways. Mm -hmm. You know, a landlord can't do that for 30, 30 years later it's got to be come sooner. No, for sure. I mean, we, we all have bills to pay, right? I mean, and, the, and, and, it, and it just has a trickle effect, mm-hmm. right? And, and it affects everybody no matter how you look at it. And, and a lot of people, you know, I, I've heard it more often than not, think landlords are rich, right? And it's not the case. A lot of these landlords that we manage properties for, they, they have mortgages. In fact, what percentage of the people that you manage for, your landlords, what percentage are mom and pops as opposed to large corporations i'd say 91 percent. 91 it sounds like uh you knew the answer to that one i was i was prepared you you said you were going to talk property management so i had to have some numbers (laughs) but you know a lot of a lot of my uh my landlords they have one one to two properties husband and wife uh maybe single uh they moved from that residence and they just decided to make it a cash flow property and then they they went and purchased a a bigger or smaller property Mm mm-hmm so 91% are people that probably have a mortgage on there. They also depend on that, that rent coming in to pay for f- repairs, um, future and in the past. I've got one right now. It'll probably take me a year to two years to recover from the repairs that had to be made mm-hmm. after they moved out. No, for sure. <laughs> so, um, all right. I'm going to ask you this one. What do you want our listeners to remember most about today's discussion? Well, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of fear out there, right? And, and, and rightfully so, right? Because when we don't know as humans, it's just humans. It's human nature to be worried. So the, the reality of it is, is this too shall will pass. And, and we will overcome this. We will figure out a solution. And, and at the end of the day, we still need to do what we need to do for our livelihoods. And, and, that's, and that's really uh, preserve our mind, body, and spirit. Thank you. That was great. What do you tell somebody who says, has the value of my home plummeted? Well, like any um, event-based uh, situation, this is not a real estate crash. This is an event uh, crisis, if you will. And so there's no real estate crash. It would take two years for the market values to start to really plummet, as if that's the word that we're going to utilize, with with the uh, interest rates still being record low and, and, and values still being affordable here in the Central Valley. Uh, it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And as far as value, I'm going to go back to supply and demand. Today is different. This event is different than the event of 2007 and 2008. We have an undersupply of available homes right now. Back then, we had an oversupply. 
Back then, interest rates were almost double what they are right now. So you have demand that is greater than back then. Um, so supply and demand tends to make us think that, no, prices are not going to plummet. And another thing I'd like to say, big difference between now and then. Today, people qualified for their loans. Back then, they had the no documentation, no doc loans. Uh, they had 100% adjustable rate mortgages. Um, people didn't have the equity in their homes. And once, back in 2008, once people started losing their home and walking away, it created a downward spiral. Today, people have equity in their homes, and they qualified for that. They're not as likely to just walk away. No, for sure. All right. Bo, we got about a minute left, so I want to ask you, give us your best real estate advice, please. Uh, my best real estate advice would be to always uh, continue to trudge forward with the, with the market and the trends. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't want to use the word take advantage, but always take advantage of the situation at hand. It's affordable when you can afford it, and that's a, 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 a per basis situation. Thank you. And one bit of advice I want to give to Bo Miracle and all our listeners out there. When you go in to give blood on Monday, mention the Fresno Association of Realtors and say that you, you're giving it in their name. So you're going to do it, Bo? Uh, uh, pending 80%. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to keep working on you. <laughs> hey, thank you to all our listeners and uh, have a great week.